Yeah, I just woke up to a leaky faucet. Yeah. Well, we had the power go out a couple times today, so hopefully it doesn't go out again. Oh, man. Looks like you and I just, uh, just are ex- currently experiencing some bad utility shit going down. They, I don't know. They Every time it rains, like, they have to do repairs, and they have to shut down to do the repairs. Oh, yeah. And they don't, like, unless you keep up with it, you don't know when it's happening. I got you. I got you. And it's like it's it's the Philippines only experiences uh, two two kinds of weather seasons, just uh, wet or dry. Pretty much. OK, it, that's what I was thinking. And then uh, now it, it's been my experience that it doesn't last for very long, but it can come. It can happen in inconvenient times. Uh, gotcha. Sounds about right. Sounds like the Asian countries, especially the ones in the equator. Did you uh, did you contact Chris at all? Mm hmm. Yeah, I reached out to him. See if he's available. Let me send send him a DM here in a bit. All right. Well, I can I can send him something too. I'll make you co-host in case he pops in while I'm looking. Okay. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I wished I would have been able to start it early, but then it would have shut down on us. No, I can't. <laughs> no worries. No worries. He's not responding on Twitter. We'll give him about uh, 10 minutes or something, but I guess in the meantime, um, oh, this is the, it's not the first time we've had guests show up late. Hopefully he's not, he didn't get too, uh, what, he, didn't, he didn't have too much fun last night. Well, he's military. If it didn't happen on time, it didn't happen. Is that, is that, is that how the saying goes in all three branches? I don't, I probably, <laughs> I know it isn't the right word. <laughs> oh. Well, if he shows up late, we can. I uh, mean, maybe you can drive the drive your own stories. I, um, I, I showed so, up late. It's <laughs> on me. I can't log into my other account right now. I'll have a Filipino or a Fil- Philippine number soon enough, though, which I'll have a lot more leeway when it comes to communication. So I'll be able to answer calls when I'm not at home. Don't need Wi-Fi. All right. Well. We might as well kick it off. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've got a lot of stories to share. Uh, I mean, I I don't see why not. If he shows up, uh, we can just include him in part of the conversation. Uh, He'll probably show up. You know, uh, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, no worries, no worries. But uh, no, um, I mean, I'll kick it off with a with a quick disclaimer. Uh, this podcast should not be considered financial and or medical advice. The content of this broadcast here and or on any other platforms are for educational. Entertainment purposes only inside our own personal opinions. In order to make the best financial and medical decisions that suit your needs, please conduct your own research and seek the advice from a licensed financial and or medical professional if necessary. 
So let's go ahead and kick it off with your stories because I know PTSD has been um uh it's it's definitely a conversation that I mean because I with the amount of friends that I've had that served in the military, I'm not even sure where to start the conversation. It's just there's so much to it. Um, but maybe you can uh, kick it off uh, sharing some of your experiences. I mean, you were in the U.S. Yeah, I think know, initially when I started noticing things was my concentration and sleep. Those two things were the first things that kind of happened. Well, not the first things. Okay. So right after certain tragic events, especially one in particular, a uh, suicide car bomb, it's pretty horrifying. Uh, I was dreaming right away and I wasn't sleeping very well, like right after that happened. And uh, I was having a recurring dream, the incident, uh, for more than a month while I was in country. And I couldn't, couldn't sleep very well, I was super stressed out. Uh, then eventually kind of normalized and uh, I dealt with it at the time. And uh, then it went away. But that was the first thing. It was crazy because um, it, it was supposed to hit our vehicle, but our guys waved it off and we were threatening enough. My, my guys were threatening enough to where they didn't target us. They targeted the vehicle behind us, but they were going for us. Bigger, juicy target. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, I can't, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to imagine you know that that kind of impact that hit you and your 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 uh your and your um and the men that's you served right next to but um i don't know if this is a too much or uh, a raw question to ask but upon impact well what kind of what kind of experience are we are we looking at that you uh went through all right, so at that moment, I didn't see the vehicle uh, because my eyes were in a different direction because I had to have eyes on a different area. So the car approached from the the south. Well, the the three in between the three o'clock and the and the uh, six o'clock of the the vehicle, and I was looking between three and twelve. That was my area. And so it approached from a side that I wasn't in my 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 zone of what I what I needed to uh, look at, and I didn't even look at straight twelve o'clock because I can't because the cab was in front of me, but the gunner up top had that, so the gunner on top had the front. He saw the car initially on the side of the road, and somebody reported someone reported it. So we knew there was something strange and then we took eyes on and then when the car started moving, the guys in the back picked up on it and, and started uh, pointing their muzzle and, and, and you know, basically we're going to shoot and they would have shot to kill, right? But apparently that vehicle, and I never found this out until many years later, <laughs> it got super close to us. It could have... I think it was command detonated, which means command detonation means you have to, something has to touch something for it to go off. So the bumper would have had to hit us. So it would have had to like literally hit us to, to go off. But it, it came close. 
and then it decided to hit the people behind us. So, what what was the injury count? Uh, five. So four dead, and one that I assumed was dead, but uh, apparently he survived. And there's a video on it. A corporal's diary. Jesus. Uh, yeah, a corporal's diary. If you want to look it up. Corporal's diary. Uh, I'll probably uh, look it up here momentarily and maybe share it and post it in the link so that uh, you know for anybody tuning in they can they can check it out um, when they're on their own free time. Um, given given the impact that that your um, your platoon had experienced, um, I mean, I don't. I'm, I mean, we see or I see I see the military training that you know, on YouTube and uh, movies and other uh, video platforms. And of course, the stories that even my friends share. Um, is, it, is, it, is it safe to say that no matter how much training you receive, you're not fully prepared for a type of situation like that there is, until it happens? There's literally no training on anything like that unless you actually go through it. And the only people that could put up some, any type of training, even remotely close to what that was like are people that went through it. Now, did they try to get individuals that have experienced it to put together a training program to implement that? I think so. I just, I was never personally contacted for it and none of my guys were, but I imagine that they got the Intel from those types of attacks because that wasn't the only attack i mean those things happened a lot what was going through your mind when um when these events as you were witnessing these situations occur you know uh time and time again i was uh, anticipating I, a counter -attack. The breaking point i was anticipating a counterattack the whole entire time so my mind wasn't on what already happened my mind was on what could happen still and everybody was just locked and uh, uh, locked steady with each other about as far as you know dealing with your uh, your dealing with the the, the enemy combatants. Um, well, I mean, the enemy combatants were leaving no rooms because it was just a suicide right. bomber, and they didn't. Jesus, they didn't. Uh, they didn't try to hit us with RPGs or anything at that time. We were rolling pretty heavy, so. If they would have tried to do any type of shoot and scoot, we probably would have annihilated them. I mean, we rolled heavy, and the fact, I think the the reason why it was so tough for the second vehicle to pick up on that security on that particular vehicle was because it was a psyops vehicle from the army, and they couldn't mm -hmm. traverse their gun 360 all the way around their vehicle because it ran into the speaker system. Now, they, they have that fixed now. I think that that particular incident basically got them retooling that security problem because that was the issue. He had, they had a problem traversing to that side. And I think that's why they got was it during? Yeah, was this during, uh, which operation was this? Was it Desert Storm, um, Iraqi Freedom? Yeah, Desert Storm's too long ago. Um, it was Iraqi freedom. Okay. Yeah, that was a bit of a controversial um, war, I recall, when I was in high school. Um, it was during Phantom Fury, except Phantom Fury was in Fallujah. We weren't in Fallujah, but it was during the Phantom Fury operation period.
Yeah. I mean, how long were you guys in, uh, how, how long, how long were you specifically were, or were, were in active duty overseas? Just my overseas time or total? Uh, total. Well, during that, during that active work, uh, deployment was during active war. Yeah. Like Fallujah and, and, and Iraq. Well, I was never in Fallujah. I'm just saying Phantom Fury was in Fallujah and it was, that was, it was okay. during that operation that that attack happened, but. Oh, they were, they were happening simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know that. Well, we weren't in, we yeah. weren't in an official operation, Phantom Fury. We we're just, we are on the Syrian border, close to the Syrian border. And that was our area of operation. Okay. And we went, okay. uh, it was during Ramadan. And. Wow. Yeah. And we did a, uh, we, we went in there, they played a message through the PSYOPs vehicle uh, to the local public to, to basically, you know, let us know who's, you know, the enemy, tell them to come out, meet us, blah, blah, blah. They did, but I mean, they didn't really come out to fight. They just came out to blow something up. Jesus. I don't know if, it, if it's too much of a question to ask, but I'm... I'm... It's part of me that's curious, but not so curious as enough to, to want to experience it myself. But like, maybe you can explain like what goes through your body um, when say like an IED explodes right next to you or, you know, bullets are flying right next to your head. You react first. We do so much training beforehand that yeah. kind of comes second nature to what you're supposed to do. So there's never a moment where you freeze up per se i mean there could be but they're just there's so much going on that most people don't freeze up because we've because of the training beforehand right. rehearsals all that kind of stuff we kind right. of have an idea of what we have to do so when you are in uh, a situation where you know, bullets are flying or there's an rpg or an ied that goes off you can do stuff without thinking and that's kind of so it's all reflective it's all instinctual it's just muscle ref, uh muscle memory at the initial point. part yeah but i mean then there's thinking involved at, at some point so i remember we our vehicle was stopped and i'm like we're a sitting target the lieutenant has a stay in in the, the vehicle i'm like bro if they send another one come on like we need to get out of the vehicle we need to provide security for the uh the rescue effort and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and uh eventually we did but i i feel like it went too long and this cat is making noise now <laughs> <laughs> is it, i think you just wanted to come over and say hello to everybody and make sure you're okay you're not gonna have any um any uh any uh mental breakdowns like maybe you just want to come over and just give you some comfort yeah yeah maybe no i i mean I think I'll be, I think I'm all right. I mean, we're, we're sticking with the tactical mm -hmm. side of it. Right. And I mean, yeah, I mean, for now, I mean, cause I, I'm going to, cause I'm really curious about as far as your treatment goes, cause you came back here to the U S for quite some time. I will admit it was, it was, for me, it was a bit of a luxury just because like we were in the exact same time zone and I was just milking it. Um, before you went back to the Philippines, because now it's like, shit, I do have to get up early now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, fuck yeah yeah so um but it, it's it's um you know like after after the after the war had and 
had um had ended you know um well i got out before your, your services officially ended um so okay. after that deployment i deployed again about a year later I, again yeah to the same was that was that by orders or was that by orders by by oh fuck okay. and uh i went back to the same exact area of operations and a second time and then uh about a year and 10 months later i went to afghanistan after that jesus okay so so one year later okay so the uh operation iraqi had you've already you've already uh went back home just before the official um well that was my um, second deployment that that thing happened on because I, I went to Iraq how many deployments first time how many deployments have you been to six but four of them are combat the other two are just training deployments to japan right so in between in between like because now i'm really curious about what's going through your your mind if you can recall if any um you know i mean what what's 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 the mental health i mean could you were you able to put uh, a beat on on get a finger uh, a, a pulse on like the the mental health that you were uh that you were in um because like i'm i'm thinking in my mind that you know one operation after another one at some point this thing's gonna boil over it's stress yeah cheddar say hi to everybody yeah go inside be quiet <laughs> She is so vocal. Okay, she's gone. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just uh, it's hard to it's hard to fathom because when you're out in the combat zone, you you uh, you don't have any time for emotions at all. It's you like you turn it off, and right. the only emotions that you allow yourself to have is may like a mild form of anger and a very mild controlled form it, i mean because it can't get out of you can't get out of hand because then you'll screw up right so right. really all emotions are set aside when you're out there and then as soon as you're past the, the front gate and everything's clear and you cleared your weapons then all of a sudden when you know you, you don't have any more responsibilities and you're you can sit down and relax all of the emotion just comes rushing all at once everything that a normal person should experience you experience it once you're safe you know where you feel like you're remotely safe you, you feel it all at one time it just and it was over and over like it's like a roller coaster like you go out there and it's like you're climbing to the top of the roller coaster mm -hmm. and then once you get back you clear your weapons and the the whole thing's done and you go back in and all the responsibilities done, the intel briefs over, all that stuff's over. Then all of a sudden, just hits you like a brick. No, uh, I just got a message from Chris saying he fucked up. He thought it was ten p.m., not ten a.m. <laughs> well, we can do, we can do we can do them at ten p.m. if you want to. Yeah, I mean, we can do that. We can, you know, maybe. Um, oh, and by the way, um, real quick, um, I, I I did reach out to the clinic because I was hoping they would uh, uh, they would participate in this conversation um but i think um we'll do i'll do a plug-in for them um and then maybe next time we'll come we'll come back around and do a round table oh so they're open to them. doing something oh uh -huh. uh -huh. yeah we just gotta get it set it up it's because the holidays are so close um 
you know, I, I think because they can they can speak more on behalf of the medical practice they they uh, they conduct within their clinic. Um, definitely a much more holistic approach, but I just want to throw that in in, in the loop um, for you as well. Uh, give me one second. Let me send a Chris if he's able to make it. I think. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next few minutes. But anyways, I mean, there he is, right there. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, comes up. Okay, hey Chris, uh, we can do a part two if you want. Yeah. Oh, 10 p.m. I was like, oh, okay, shit. Oh, <laughs> that that's for me. It was like because uh, I'm in the Philippines, but we can do that because uh, that would just be. That'd just be in the morning for me, and I wake up super early, so I mean, yeah. Okay, yeah. Welcome, hey, Chris. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for trying to. Thanks, thanks for making it. At least, no worries. Yeah, man. man I take. I just started taking. You have a pen, bro. And that shit knocks you out. Oof. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, you know. Hey. Uh, happy Saturday. Um, you know, we're just. I just got my coffee, so hopefully you got yours. Celsius. I'm still trying to wake up. But don't feel bad. Chris, oh, okay. Because, I guess. Uh, it's been raining a lot here. Okay. And when it rains a lot, we have power outages in the mm. Philippines. And I started it two minutes late anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the next in here is like, well, gosh, uh, we're trying to get a hold of Chris. I was like, uh, yeah, well, problem is, is he's in the military. And uh, if it didn't happen on time, it didn't happen. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, we were two minutes late. Um, <laughs> because of that so mm-hmm. out of my control but it's, it's up to you we can uh you know continue it or or yep we're we're, we're continuing we're, we're going we're going we're going but for for anybody who um you know throughout the cosmos or to our to our followers uh, maybe you can do a quick in- intro to yourself yeah hey how you doing uh uh my name's chris been in, in the military now what i can't even add like 21 and a half years now or so um, I didn't realize that I had, uh, anything mentally wrong with myself until I was closer to getting out. You know what I mean? I mean, I knew, I knew, I, just, I knew something was going on, but in the military, if you say something that you, you know, kind of need help, like back in the day, when I first joined, you know, a lot of people were just getting processed out. You know, and I know several people still that, you know, got out at their six-year mark, their eight-year mark. Um, and there are other, you know, fortunate other people that got out before 20 because of PTSD or, of uh, you know, other uh, depression, major excessive anxiety disorders. And they were still able to get like, you know, 100% medically disabled at you know 12 13 years uh, but the majority of the people that did get out um you know they didn't even they didn't get any of that but for myself um i didn't see anything wrong i mean i knew something was always going on but for me you know guys are always like ah oh, we're good we're good we're good you know um that totally screws you over by the way when it comes to the va yeah. so Get everything documented. Copy everything for when you get out. You don't. You, you're gonna yeah. need it. 
just so you know. <laughs> well, currently, you know, I'm, I've seen somebody and, you know, she's helping me out a lot. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, not like closing the, the chapter. It's more like opening a new chapter in a new book to deal with some of the things that I've seen in my career. Whether it's, the, 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 I think the biggest thing for me is coming home. Because we're so used to the grind, the grind, the grind, right? And when you come yep. home, it's just like, you know, you're used to barking orders. You're used to waking up at a certain time. You know, for me, being an engineer, there's like casualties all the time on our equipment down in space. So sleeping and then sleep deprived my whole, whole career. Uh, you know, that adds a toll on your body, you know. Um, I do have, I do now have secondary polycythemia, which is uh, it's like a rare blood disease, but I'm still able to stay in. But that adds on to the, you know, what that is, is it's a higher red, red blood count cell. Uh, so the thicker your blood is, the more susceptible your body is to like heart attacks, brain aneurysm, you know, all that other random stuff. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's a short intro for me. That, uh, anything that adds more stress to the body is going to make PTSD flare up worse as well. It doesn't matter what it is. Back, so, sore back, anything. Makes you more okay. irritable. Yeah. So, question for both of you: Like after, after, I mean, like when you're going from active duty back into civilian life, what's what? What kind of uh, what kind of struggles are we looking at when trying to reintegrate back into normal society? I mean, like there's there's no shooting, there's no, you know, it's quiet when you wake up in the morning. Nobody's barking out orders at you. It's just you and your wife, your family. You know, you're just waking up, grabbing breakfast, making coffee eggs and bacon toast on onto the plate like does the war really end in your it mind it never does no i mean i'm always scanning for threats it's a hyper vigilance thing but beyond that uh it was a struggle to wind down from something from being i, I mean it happens it happens before you get out. It happens while you're still in because you go on deployment and you come back and then the operational tempo is just completely halted for like one or two months. And then you start working up for the next deployment. Uh, but those one or two months are so slow. It's just like, what am I doing with my life? And it's like, Oh, I'm going back again. So I, this is, this is how I need to be. So I'm good. But it's, once you find, once I finally, finally got out, I mean, it was relaxing to know that things were a little bit chill, but there's something, it does something to your body where, thanks PSX, you muted everybody, but that doesn't matter. You can't <laughs> mute me. <laughs> um, is that you doing that PSX or is that Twitter's muting us? Oh. Sorry, sorry. I was muting Chris because uh, it was like the clicking oh. noise. <laughs> he was going, he was going ballistic, and I was like, "Oh, let me mute him oh, a little yeah, bit." Yeah, speaker. Um, no, it, it's just like the the operational tempo sticks with you, so it's 
it's like uh, your your mind's going at 100 miles an hour, but everything else is going at 10 miles an hour. So that part kind of sucks. The so Jesus, um, I don't I don't even know what's up. Um, was there? I mean, because I, I hear stories about as far as you know, once once troops are coming back, they fall into. Um, I mean, we've got a lot of veterans that are are homeless, you know, who picked up, um, um, you know, illegal paraphernalia. Yeah, substance abuse is huge, and yeah. I, I tell you, like, I I can attest to this because I uh, I had an uncle that had some substance abuse issues post uh, Vietnam and uh, Vietnam War, and he had PTSD as well, and. He said, stay away from alcohol, stay away from drugs. He told me that. And like, I, for the most part, I just, I did what he said, but there were times where I drank and I, it numbs your, it numbs everything. So, I mean, that's the hard part about it because all these guys that end up getting addicted to drinking or doing anything, it numbs you so much to where it literally takes the pain away. It's a temporary fix, obviously, but it, I can see how somebody could easily become an alcoholic after going to combat, coming back, it, it can happen super easy. I just never did. But I, if I'm having a really bad day, I can have a couple of shots and I'll be a little bit better because it does help. It does work. It, I, I, I don't want to say that because I know long term it makes everything shittier. Right. And we're not condoning um, uh, use of illegal substances <laughs> or anything like that. But Chris, um, did you did you find yourself kind of fall into that little uh, trap? Well, for me, like I'll like hear a random noise, like whether it's like I feel like something something's in the attic or somebody's outside, um, and I'll you know I'll just go sit on the porch and like you know I'm like ready to throw down. I don't know what's going on, um, and I'll just like stay stay awake until like either I feel more comfortable that like you know. Someone's not like sitting outside my house or, uh, you know, maybe somebody walked by and was like staring at my house or something, you know, uh, you know, I get, uh, I'll be like, I'll be like on the edge for that. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not really like sudden outbursts, but I have in the past, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, I had a huge, like, I think for like nine years, I drank myself to sleep almost every night um due to like you know it's the military you know let's let's drink let's have a little bit of fun you know and then i actually quit drinking for close to like eight years after that um i just recently just started having hey i know i'm I'm under control of drinking x y and z um and uh it was rough when i was younger man um i think i was just trying to maybe just co- cover up uh, either things from my childhood or just the fucking stress of the military, you know? So you got real like, okay, so, okay, could, could I, could, maybe I could argue this case that you got lucky because you were able to get a, get a grip on it on your own? Or did you have like a family support structure or friends that were there to help? Well, um, for, for the alcohol, it was more, I really knew that I needed to stop because it was, going to end my marriage so 
I went cold turkey, man. Like we were living out in San Diego. Uh, we lived in Hawaii for three years. Didn't drink a damn dime there. I went home, saw my family. Didn't drink a damn dime there. And the wife doesn't really drink too much either. So, um, then we lived in Japan for four years, and then I came back to the United States. And you know, I said, um, you know, and that's kind of the days too. You know, I went to the you know AA courses on base and shit like that, and out in town. And you know, I was just keeping my. Um, you know, brain busy doing, taking college classes, learning some stuff on the internet. I don't really like opening a book and reading that much, but I do read some like that. Uh, but then like being on, being on, being on the right. edge that, you know, that's, I think that's more like since I moved back to the United States and, you know, we got a house out here and sometimes, man, I just get paranoid, man. I'll just like stay awake and like sit on the fucking front porch. Should I calm down? You know? Yeah. I, well, I, I gotta yep. ask you an honest question because I'm picking up on what you're saying because this is the same thing that's happened to me. And uh I was still active and I took my uh my shotgun and I would go and clear the mm -hmm. backyard if I heard some noises back there. I did that several times, sometimes with my nineteen eleven. And just to make myself feel better, I had to go out there. I thought somebody was out back there trying to steal something or break in and i'd go out there and clear the backyard clear the garage yeah <laughs> were you doing stuff like that or am i the only like one like 2 a.m right i go out there with, with i go out yes. there you know with a flashlight and uh you know fucking wrench you know and uh because i keep one of those near my bedside as well and you know i'll, I'll walk with my gun if i need to but you know, I got I got an enclosed backyard, and I'll just like I'll literally just walk around the entire backyard, and then I'll go to the front. I'll go down the side. Maybe I'll check in the neighbor's yard, shine the light, and then I'll just sit in the uh, house, right, with and just kind of like peep back and forth through the through the shutters, not the shield, you know, the window thingies, to see if anybody's actually uh, you know watching watching. Do you ever find yourself um, checking corners and walking through your house? Was it ever that bad? Yeah. You know, some, there's, there's, there's two rooms in the back over here um, that are from the other side of the house. And, I, you know, I do got some extensive stuff over here. Um, and I think I thought people would be breaking in my house. Jeez. Um, what about like any experiences that your your friends uh uh your brother in arms that you served with uh were they uh sharing similar stories uh oh am i rugged i can hear you okay cool maybe chris is rugging or i am because hell no, no i can hear you just fine okay. yeah yeah chris uh give me give us a sound check You might have to leave and come back to reset the the speaker because Twitter doesn't like you or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll, we'll, like once he once he uh, leaves the uh, room, we'll we'll bring him back up. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Jerry. Sorry about that. Oh, I was just gonna say is like uh, I I think there's more like I I thought I was the only one doing that. Um, mm -hmm. There's probably more, but 
we kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed by it. So I, I, I literally didn't share it with other vets at all and other people that were in the active duty because uh, I did it while I was active duty. Now, I was afraid to share it when I was active duty because I was afraid that if I told anyone that I was clearing my backyard with my shotgun in my 1911 at, in the middle of the night because I heard something crazy, that they would turn me in and screw up my, you know, my whatever was left of my career at that time, you know? Test, yeah. test, does it work? Yep, you're loud and clear, man. Hell, it doesn't work on my computer. I'm on my phone now. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Now you sound a lot more crisp, but um, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, my my last question um, that I just asked were like, if there was any of your friends or brothers that you uh, served with, if they shared any similar stories. Not like you know, we're 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 sitting in a circle, sitting on chairs. Um, kind of like you know like we you know how they they we see it in the movies where they all sit in a circle like just um you know sharing how they feel situation (laughs) yeah there you go like a therapy session or anything like that i'm just talking about like where it's the one-on-one conversation where you know they're you know it gets to a point where they're mentally struggling like where does that point start where they were were where individuals within your own um, ring start to kind of open up, like saying, hey, something's really up and this doesn't feel right. And Chris, I kind of answered it on my side. Uh, I was too worried about mentioning it to anybody because I didn't want anyone to think that I was getting crazy or something. So I, I stayed silent and I didn't get any stories from any of my buddies because I think if they had anything going on, they were doing the same thing I was doing. We just weren't talking about it. And we didn't share any, anything, but I mean, I'm sure a lot of those other guys that I served with had similar things like the hypervigilance and, you know, feeling comfortable with a loaded handgun or a handgun, better uh, shotgun or a rifle, but you know, that type of situation, but they don't really share it because they don't want word getting out that there's something wrong with you. I, but I don't know, Chris, did, have you been able to talk to your guys in a way where they're not concerned about that? Well, I mean, a lot's of, uh, like we talked about the other day, like a lot has changed in the last like three or four years for like mental health for the military and seeking help. And Hey, you're not going to be, uh, you know, we're not going to kick you out. Um, but the only people, um, uh, that I knew that had, either coming something either something wrong with this guy to you know years later of me telling somebody hey bro you're working too much you're doing this too much like i think you need to go see your family you know five six years later they're out of the military and then they're telling me about it so um it's one of those things like not a lot of people are going to say that they have it i want to pivot into um you know both of you um, going into getting medical treatment. Um, Chris, how long have you been serving in the military? 21 and a half now. 21, geez. Uh, Jerry, how long has it been for you? I, I did 13. And then, uh, 13. yeah, I, they changed the requirements in the infantry for picking up staff sergeant. And right. I missed my window to go to squad leaders course because of all the deployments. And then I never went. 
So and your career, your career could have been longer than 13 years easily. Could have been, you... Yeah, I would have stayed in for 20 easy, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't do the schooling that I had to do. I had service right. course. I just didn't have squadriers course. And then like when, when it came time to actually get my school seat for that, I, we didn't need it for promotion. And I'm like, okay, I don't need it for promotion. So, and I already been a squad leader yeah. in combat. So I'm like, send my team leader because if I die, somebody has that education. That's what I was thinking operationally, but I completely screwed myself of uh, promotion because of that. Uh, right. But it was a better decision uh, in the long run because he, after I left the unit, he was the squad leader and they did really good. Like, so I think it was during, a good Right. Now, um, during active duty for both of you, was there medical treatment uh, during that time, or was that something that uh, either one of you had to wait till after uh, active duty was uh, was cleared and completed? Well, I mean, like in general speaking, like you can't like say that you have like some type of medical illness of that type because what's going to happen is um, you're not going to be able to like you know in in Jerry's situation like you know lead his guys out uh in the desert or the jungle uh for me it's more um you know I, i'm not going to be able to like technically like be able to like lead anybody so let's fast forward to like let's say like the last three or four years you know um it's more acceptable in the military um, but if you have like, you know, the highest, uh, you know, like a super anxiety or a super, uh, depression, um, you know, mental illness, uh, you know, you're going to get the help. That's, that's not the problem. You know, the problem is, is that you're not going to be able to, let's just say like be a captain of a ship or, you know, lead your, lead your sailors out at sea or, um, of that kind of thing, because like, you know, when, when shit hits the fan, like, you know, when, a when like a fire breaks out or people are shooting at you, um, what are you going to do? You can't just like sit there and do nothing. Yeah. You got to do something. No, you, you, your, 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 your mind knows just like Jerry, me and Jerry were talking the other day and you talking the other day was everywhere we go. We're always scanning. We're making sure where, what's the out? How am I going to get out there? How fast is it going to take me to get there? It's, it's this many steps to the bathroom. It's this many steps to get to the exit in case someone walks in and does something stupid. And it's always, I'm, I'm running scenarios through my head all the time. Like if somebody comes here with a gun, how am I going to disarm them? What kind of op weapons of opportunity do I have around me? Like, like that kind of stuff. I'm so, wondering I'm wondering, like, through this this type of extreme level of competency, um, like, what kind of self-induced uh, stress comes along with it? Not that I want to put myself in that type of situation, um, but how do you find yourself in a place where you can, like, dial it back, bring it down a notch? Um, like, what kind of time frame are we looking at? Because, sure yeah. like it doesn't dial down until you start um, going through some of the different types of therapy. Uh, EMDR helped me out quite a bit with the guilt aspect. What's EMDR? It's eye movement desensitization reprogramming. 
and essentially what they do is they make you fo- your eyes follow a pendulum or a or they do tapping like audio and that works for me the audio tapping works they so basically they have your mind doing two things at once that way that you're distracted just enough to where the therapy is actually doing something for you and i know that sounds weird but that distraction helps them get at those uh those neural pathways that were created because of the traumatic events. And then you can relive those events more accurately once the EMDR is happening. And then you can realize how many seconds this happened. I feel, I felt guilty uh, not being able to do something that I thought I was going to be able to do in a span of not even two seconds. It was like a second and a little bit. And when you a logical person looking in it's like there's nothing i could have done any differently in that time frame at all but in my ptsd mind the traumatic brain mind i would it felt like it was a lot longer because when that shit happens it's almost like time stops and and everything's like moving slow-mo and like a firefight doesn't last very long but when it's happening it uh it feels like it's taken a long time, <laughs> but yeah. it, it might not be taking that long at all. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, so is that something you would consider or for either one of you, Chris, um, would that be something that you consider as part of like the, the, uh, the pro- uh, part of the process of rewiring your brain to where you can say, hey, I need to get back into civilian life. Uh, me spinning 20, going 24 seven on a, on a mental reflex, scanning the area, checking corners, uh, making sure the perimeter is clear. Like, I mean, at some point, like you, you got to come to a self-realization like this shit is not healthy right now. Well, I mean, for me, like, I mean, in generally speaking, like, I think it's a good thing to have a good trait to have. Yeah. Um, there's even times like restaurants that we go to and I just don't like the vibe of the place. And I don't like the vibe of the, some of the workers and I'll just fucking walk out. I'll pay my, you know, my, uh, if we already ordered food, I'll just say, Hey, uh, Appreciate the business. Give me the bill. I'll leave. Um, other times I've walked out. Um, but like as far as like rewiring the brain I, to tone it down, um, uh, I actually never thought about that. Getting help for that part. So that's a right. good, good suggestion. Um, I've got some uh, skills that they taught me at the VA for that specifically. It's just grounding is what they call it because uh, you ground yourself in the present and you just you have to tell yourself. I'm not in Iraq. I'm, you know, you tell yourself exactly where you're at mm-hmm. um, in your brain. So it's, it's, they call it grounding and uh, it works. However, my, uh, my platoon sergeant, Staff Sergeant Jones, some of you may have seen him on Netflix. You can Google him and you can see it. He's, he's the Marine that's got the dress blues on and he's got two titanium legs. He has the same opinion as Chris. He says, be doing, you know, being able to know if something's secure or not is a good thing. Uh, but it can become unhealthy. And that didn't become a problem until later on in my life. So this yeah. was, wasn't all that big of a deal. But nine years after I got out, it got really bad. I got flashbacks. Um, and when flashbacks happen, it's, a lot of times for me, it was more auditory or it wasn't necessarily visual. But then when 
it was auditory. It starts auditory and then it does become visual. And it's like, what in the fuck is going on with my mind right now? I have, you know, I was, it scared the shit out of me. Like what's going on? Like, I know this isn't happening, but this seems so real. And I'm sitting here fighting the flashback, but then it, it just becomes so overwhelming because I'm sitting here and there's no other Marines around me. Like I am by myself going through the same type of situation or emotion that you would in combat, but you have nobody, nobody around you that, and you have no weapon. So it's a very frightening situation to be in. Would it be a fair assumption that that weapon is, is more than just um, a tool, but rather an extension of your body? Um, it's like a security blanket, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, like somebody takes away your gun, you just feel naked. Kind of like when you take uh, a TikTok influencer, you take away their phone, they're going to feel naked. I mean, not to that extreme, maybe a bad example, but you get where I'm my going. Worst, right? My worst nightmares that I never tell therapists are me not knowing where my rifle is. Like, literally. Like, I'm, like I'm in the combat zone and I don't have a weapon. And I'm like, where's my, where's my M16? Where's my uh, M4? Where's my, where is this? Where is this? That is the biggest nightmare that I have because it's, I, I wake up so stressed out. Chris? Um, yeah, I can see, um, you know, we're usually on boots and stuff like that. And, you know, we just, you know, hit the, hit the button and like, you know, we help the army and all the other people. But um, for me, it's more, um, it's and correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry. Uh, we tend to just, you know, do our. It's not a nine to five job. It's not a twelve to twelve job. It's not a, you know, five day a week job. It's not a six day a week. It is a twenty four seven three sixty five when you are out there. So, um, and you're always having to work what and it's the lack of sleep deprivation so let's just say you have like a two to seven watch in the morning right and then uh you know the next watch that you're gonna have is a 10 to 2 uh years ago um i would be up usually 48 hours because you know boom you'd have to work all we our, our equipment's down we got to work to 10 to, and then you know you don't get on watch 10 to 2 and then you wake up after the next day after six o'clock so you've been up at 48 hours and then you want to be able to go home, right? When when the sh when the ship pulls in, or when you're on shore duty and stuff like that. Uh, so you tend to push yourself, and what ends up happening in the end is is called excessive work, right? right? Why the military when we get out? Why do we outperform people? Because we are so used to we get salary, man. We don't get paid by the hour, right? So when we get when we get done at like three o'clock, you know, in the civilian world, when I get out, um, if I plan to do decide to go to work for somebody, which I really don't want to, um, but I'll be okay working by myself, uh, is the pressure of the workload that you push on yourself. So you're working too much, you're working too hard, and coming home. As a result of that, like I sometimes I would rather be at work, even though it's just my wife at home and it's the dogs. I don't have kids. Um, and that takes a, a huge stress 
toll on your body in your career. Because, okay, maybe I'll just bullshit with my guys for an hour after work, but I could have gone home. Or I'll be the guy that volunteers and works till 10, 11 o'clock at night. And the rest of my guys got off at like, you know, 4 p.m. And you do this for so many years that it really it messes everything up inside. Everything. Especially if you're in a leadership position. I was like that yeah. too. Uh, there was a point where I stayed late just because I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to. Uh, I don't know. There's so much death happens around you at some point that you stop trying to get to know people. Like the the new guys coming in, you stop trying to get to know them. You, you kind of treat them like uh, there's just another person and you're, you don't try to get to know them very well. You just, you, you know, because you don't want to have feelings when they get schwacked or whatever. And and then uh, I completely desensitized myself relationship-wise. So, like, I... I block my family out and I would stay late at work because uh, I was comfortable around that atmosphere because I knew what I knew what to expect but at home I like I was lost it's, it was weird it was weird yeah just like I said at the beginning of the conversation it is the hardest thing you know how they always say keep your work life work at home and your home at home bro you gotta go, go fuck off. There's no way. 100%. Oh, I never told my, uh, well, then wife. She ended up leaving me when I was in Iraq the third time. Uh, I never told her a damn thing. One time she, uh, I called her. Uh, yeah, one time I called her when I was in Iraq. And this was like right after something, some shit just went down. It's like, how's everything over there? It's like, it's not too bad. <laughs> I just completely lied to her. Well, I mean, I didn't, there's opposite can't say nothing so what's up psx um i know we're coming up uh, at the last minute but i want to go like at least five or ten minutes over if you're cool with that one because i want to i want to dive into a little bit of like the medical treatment that you guys were receiving yeah yeah sure yeah um the va uh it's 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 quite often found itself in the mainstream media uh spotlight um how troops were receiving treatment um i hear i hear and read more more bad news than i see good news um it it often feels like or i often get the perception it's more of bureaucracy and not much of a uh, of a of medical practice that's that's that the troops um the men and women in service that <clears throat> they deserve excuse me so i'm trying to figure out like where do you where do we where do so where i have the, the VA experience I would yeah. say that the VA treatment is available. However, they fill up quickly. So it's not after they have so many packs in, they can't take any more. And then you have to wait a couple of weeks and stuff like that um, for their programs. And that could be the difference between somebody, you know, putting a brain, a bullet in their brain versus not, you know, so hopefully you know, they push the right people through quicker rather than not. But it, that's kind of the way it is. The VA can only do so much. Now, I think on their treatment side, they do pretty well. I think where it kind of gets screwed up is some of these guys um, have a hard time adapting to work situations. And they have to work to pay the bills. So do I get treatment or do I work to pay the bills? 
And then after I lose this job, do I get treatment? Because the VA will pay me while I'm there and I do need to get treatment. You know, it's like this whole thing you got to wrestle with. And then you also have to wrestle with the fact that most combat vets aren't at 100%. They're 30 and 50% typically. And it's not enough to make ends mean. It's just, it's not, it helps a little bit, but it's not enough. And if you, you go get the treatment and you're, you're better. And then the, the battle is with the other side with the, uh, the disability side, you know? Right. Uh, Chris, um, as far as your experience, um, besides your experience, uh, with the VA, VA, if at all, was there ever a point in time that um, suicide did cross your mind? Um, several times in my career, but it was more like... Um, Wait, during? Yeah. I mean, I never like... I'll be driving down the road, right? And, uh, you know, whether it's like, um, you know, Christmas time or the middle of the middle of the year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I have everything in order in case I do die of a, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, like car wreck or something like that. Um, we got some stuff, a lot of stuff set up, but my, like prior to that days, I'll be driving down the street and I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm contemplating, man, what happens if I just like drive off the interstate and just take that ramp and it just lands in the water or it lands in the trees or um, things like that. And, uh, you know, I never did get help. Uh, I never talked to anybody about it. Um, you never, you never tried to make an attempt to get oh, like, not, not like cutting myself or, you know, I never tried like attempted, but I thought about it. Oh, okay. Like, but as far as like receiving <laughs> medical, okay. All right. I was like, okay. So that did cross your mind, but you did try to attempt to, uh, get medical treatments of some, no, not at all. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I've, I've come really close. <laughs> I uh, contemplated it with a loaded firearm uh, pointed at my head for, uh, and then I, I don't know, I, I fell asleep with the loaded firearm and my finger on the trigger. It's got a hair trigger. If I would have moved while I was sleeping. Done. Done. Yeah. Um, and then I woke up and I was like, huh, I could have killed myself in my sleep. You say and, that like uh, it's a casual thing. Like, is that common with 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 our I think main so. service? It's 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 weird because it's a really crazy thing to think that that is a normal thought pattern to have. But it's because you, you say it so nonchalantly right now, and I'm I'm wondering like I, it, I, just... I do say it nonchalantly because it literally has made logical sense to me to do it multiple times. And it hasn't recently, I'll tell you that it has not recently, but I, especially I had a, uh, anxiety, um, attack, adrenaline based one, and I couldn't get my adrenaline to stop for like 10 hours. I had to finally call the suicide hotline and, and, uh, that they have for us. I'm like, and they answer is like, Hey, look, um, right now I'm not suicidal at the moment. I told him this, but killing myself right now would be a relief because this is what I'm dealing with. Okay. And they helped, they helped talk me down the, and the 
they did whatever techniques they did to get the adrenaline to go away. And after about an hour, it was, I was fine. But I dealt with 10 hours of adrenaline pumping through my veins. Like, it sucked. Like, it, I would rather have the, uh, I mean, the other type of uh, anxiety attack that doesn't, isn't cool either. But it, I think adrenaline's worse than, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but cortisol. If you have cortisol pumping through your veins all the time, uh, it sucks too. But it's not, having adrenaline is, I think is worse. But what do you think, Chris? You've had, you've had them both. Um, I mean, I haven't gone as far as you know putting something in my hands like that. But I think, um, you know, not suicidal that part, but the anxiety just running through your blood. There's no way to stop it. Um, my go-to has always been one of my family members. Uh, and I'll be, or, and, or another guy that I know, I've known for about eight years now, I'll just be like, yo, bro, you busy? And he knows, like, he'll be in the middle of work. Uh, he's a Navy career counselor out in like, uh, East coast somewhere. He's like, bro, give me five minutes. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as calling somebody I ha I have for other reasons and I'm not ready to like share that on twitter but yeah it's uh yo it hits you like a truck man and it's like you're sitting there hours will go by and you think you've been outside for five minutes and you look at your watch and it's not like i'm playing a game it's not like i'm trading bitcoin it's not like i'm watching a movie or tiktok or inducing my mind into um any of those things it's more okay what's going on with my heart why is it beating so fast why am i thinking all these thoughts you know and damn like the sun will be like you know over the over the top of my my neighbor's house and by the time i'm done i'm like holy cow i don't even see the sun anymore and it's been like three hours and i'm just sitting out here until i get myself together i don't know if you ever do that yeah um i want to ask you a question uh and maybe this is this will provide you some information uh but this is how it was with me after dealing it with with it for so many years i realized that i lose more sleep i have more attacks uh anxiety attacks and i have more like the dreaming all the symptoms become more intense and my even if i'm not thinking about anything my body reacts a certain way around all the anniversary dates I'm not sure if that's the same with you, but every it's like clockwork. Every uh, the same time every single year, and once I found that out, my cortisol anxiety got worse and worse approaching those anniversary dates oh. because then I would worry about my performance on my current job at the time. I was like, "All right, September's gonna suck balls," uh, and then August I was already stressing out. Because I was like, what am I going to fuck up at work? Because I can't control this. And, uh, and then it got even worse. It started, st it started in July. Then it started in June. And it just started itching out even more. Because I was worried about screwing up in my day job. Or night job. You know, depending on when I was working at the time. And it, uh, I was going through that cortisol stuff before the... Uh, the real stuff started happening. 
Yeah, it's that excessive worry, man. It's uh it's uh I don't know, man. It's sometimes it's easy to stop it. Other times it uh you know it hasn't stopped for certain certain things. But so uh, do you, does it get worse around anniversary dates for you? Um I have a tendency just to block it and then it hits me pretty hard later. Oh, we're so good at blocking it. Yeah, <laughs> but I, that comes crashing down later on. Just so you know, I mean, it, you get really good at it. You get really good at it, and then life hits you with a clusterfuck, and there's so much stress from so many different directions, and then it goes out of control. Now you're telling me, man. There was a couple of years ago, like, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> you know, I was um, we were doing a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, we uh. You know, we had, we had just finished paying off the majority of our debt. I think I was like 28 or so. And we started investing a lot more in some other stuff. And what I did is I was like, all right, we were getting ready to go buy a car cash. Right. And no joke. We went to the uh, bank. Went ahead and got all the cash. It was about, I don't know, 18, 18 grand. And I still had another 10 grand in there. Right. By the time I got to the car, somebody didn't steal the money from my actual on my person, but somebody stole the money out of my account. And we were supposed to go on vacation in like a day or two, right? And I was getting ready to buy this car. That's when shit hit the fan for me, man, like, because I had just been pushing it off and pushing it off. And at that point, I've only been in the Navy for like, you know, eight years at seven and a half years at that point um and that shit was rough man um you know we couldn't go on vacation because of uh you know we had to cancel a lot of stuff because it takes xy you know this that and like it, it just compiled up at that point and then another time before or after that was uh you know like what jerry's saying i mean yeah we i block it why do we block it because we don't want to deal with it why do we want to deal with it i don't know that's just our that's how our brain works right um and then, you know, I did start getting help a, a little earlier this year. Uh, and it's helped, like, gosh, tremendous, man. Because I'll be in the car, man. I'll be, like, getting ready to drive to work. I'll just fucking pull over on the side of the road, man, for, like, an hour and a half. So I get myself together. You know, I'll text my boss. Hey, man, this is going on. He's like, hey, no problem. You're good. But, damn, man, if the ship, if I was at a, a scene going command where, I had to get underway, and that but and that ship was getting underway. I'd be screwed. So, so we have we have uh, Christmas is just around the corner. Um, I'm gonna wrap up this space. Uh, I know we can we can definitely go on with um, some of the tragedies, but it does sound like well, you know the both of you you guys have made up a lot of progress. Um, I definitely want to come back and revisit this topic. Uh, at a later date, probably next year in a round table. And then maybe I can <clears throat> try to get, find some time to uh, get the clinic involved to um, share uh, their practices. Jerry, if you're, if you're open to that, I, to that idea, uh, I know. Yeah, we'll do round do with... Okay, cool. I'll try to get in touch with the Colonel that runs the horsemanship program too. Cause yeah. uh, I think that'd be interesting. Like, Cause out of all that, I've been through a lot of treatment already. Um, yeah. I'm getting to the point where one-on-one -on -one treatment doesn't do anything for me anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that the next step for me is to, uh, 
start dealing with horses because they're not humans. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, uh, maybe we'll, we'll do a plug in here. Uh, we'll, we'll post those links and other resources for any, um, you know, if anybody is listening on the space, they, um, and they know somebody that could definitely use some help, um, and then are actively reaching out to, to receive that help. Um, maybe that'll be a good start to have that conversation. In the meantime, um, Chris, any last words that you want to add before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, yeah, I mean, tons of different hotlines that you guys, even active and people that have got out in the military. You know, it is 1-800-MILITARY-ONE-SOURCE. That's an awesome resource. Um, and uh, they'll be able to direct you. And then there's also, uh, for people that have already gotten out, you know, there's a, they actually have a couple different uh websites for the VA just go on there you can call them and uh you know you can, you can try and get uh the help you need but the first step is acknowledging it if you can't ever acknowledge it uh you know you'll just be a statistic of uh of the um you know people that don't get help so and I appreciate you guys here and uh put uh you know uh I totally messed up the time, dude. I, I I looked at it. I looked at it. I had the alarm set. And then he's, y'all, y'all are tagging me in Discord. And I was like, shit. Oh, I started it late anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it doesn't always go according to plan. We'll just, um, we'll just, uh, I don't know, uh, impro- it, improvise. Yeah, I got you, dude. Improvise it. Doubt yeah, doubts and overcome. So, yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, def, um, thanks, uh, Chris, thanks again for your, for, for coming on and sharing your stories and you too as well, Jerry, um, uh, I'll ask that you'll drop those, uh, those links and, uh, into the discord. So Jerry and I can compile them and we'll put them out there in a tweet, uh, for everybody else. Um, Merry Christmas, uh, have a great weekend and, uh, we'll see you guys next time. And, uh, PSX, you're going to get mad at me, but mm-hmm. if a lot of people aren't comfortable uh, calling those uh, those resources. Call somebody oh. that you served with at a minimum. Uh, somebody that's a senior above you because they're going to push you to do what you need to do. And that's – I had to be ordered to get help myself. And had I not reached out to my platoon sergeant, I would have never got help. Noted. All right, man. Other than that – We'll see you guys next time. All right, have a Merry Christmas to you guys. Have a good one. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape them under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max. Amount of payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks, they probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knotters. And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over impossible.
possible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Fondue in the morning forming mycological bonds Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Ten spaces.